this whole cancer journey has really clarified for me how we as a society approach chronic versus acute illness and cancer versus any other illness yeah i mean the at least it's not cancer phrase <laughs> like gets said for everything right yeah. like and i remember you and i and then like then it is cancer and then it's like okay gotta jump on it gotta right. do something but not until we hit that big seat you know, although like, and I and remember that's not to diminish cancer because no. you and I both are living with right. that. Like, <laughs> Before we jump into this episode, I want to invite you to join the What the F community to hear even more conversations that will make you laugh, cry, and feel more connected. All I'm asking you to do is click on that subscribe button that's right on your screen. I love your support and I'm just so inspiring and amazing to see all of your comments. Thank you so much for subscribing. It means the world. Here we go. Hey guys, welcome to What the F. I am so stoked about my guest today, Jessica Smith. She is so awesome and I can't wait to dive in. But before we get started, I really want to thank Norellis and SK Life Science for making conversations like this possible and believing in What the F podcast. Jess, it is so awesome to have you here. I am so excited. I can't, <laughs> I can't believe we're in person, finally. I know, I know. We've been, fr- I don't even know how long we've been friends. But years, I don't years. Yeah. I, and I, it's so funny because I was talking with my friends and I was like, yeah, I've, I'm meeting with Jess and Bola and she's a good friend. They're like, but you've never met. And I'm like, nope. oh, you guys don't have epilepsy. You don't <laughs> understand. Like the epilepsy community has a lot of online friendships because it's just sometimes easier to talk from your Not couch. Not have to leave your house. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I want to talk more about that before I want our audience to know just how fucking amazing you are <laughs> with your work. You're such a boss ass bitch. Um, so Jess is the founder and CEO of Living Well with Epilepsy, a, which is a resource for people with epilepsy to like share stories. It provides you know tips and information and education. Um, I've had the pleasure of writing for Living Well and doing some editing too, which has been so fun. Um, Living Well with Epilepsy has been featured in Forbes, Wired, NBC, NPR, and the cover story of Epilepsy Advocate Magazine. It has won several Web Health Awards and recognized by key opinion leaders in neurology. So it's huge, amazing resource, which I can't wait to talk more about. And also, just because in case, like, you know, you need more to do, Jess is also the executive director of Ascent, which is a nonprofit to advance the development of therapies and- Neurotherapeutics. So drugs and devices in the neurotherapeutic space. So any- disease space, any disease space that falls under CNS. Um, So epilepsy to Alzheimer's, to ALS, to movement disorders, anything, any drug or device that falls under that umbrella. Um, And it includes our key stakeholders, our industry, advocacy, government, and academia. So we have folks come to our meeting and contribute to our journal that are like leaders in FDA, chairs of neurology, um, heavy hitters in advocacy, Michael J. Fox Foundation, Alzheimer's Association, uh, and then um, like leading researchers. So um, yeah, people come to our meeting and they're like elbowing me. Do you know who that is? And I'm like, yeah, because I invited them. Um, So it's fun. Yeah. 
you're the executive director of yeah it's fun this yeah right which thank you for explaining it because you do a much better job than me <laughs> no, like this is so fun. like above my head and way too smart for me it's it's a fun way to kind of bridge the gap between the scientific community and the patient community because i get to share what i learn from the patient community and bring it back to have real hard conversations with the scientists and then similarly bring everything that I learned from the scientists back to the patient community. I mean, it's kind of fun. You kind of are like the bridge of the gap. Yeah, it's it's real it it's really fun to be able to like go toe to toe with people who fight like really don't understand or feel there's a need to have patients at the table mm. and have an alphabet soup at the end of their name and <laughs> and have a like casual, nice dinner with them and really have those hard conversations. Mm-hmm. And they listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I only have an undergraduate degree. <laughs> but they... But I got loads but of experience. They see yeah. value in my opinion, mm-hmm. and they share their opinion, and they listen to mine. And um, sometimes it changes their opinion. Sometimes it doesn't. But that's okay. We have mm-hmm. a nice dialogue. Yeah. Well, and that connection is, or that connection is so important mm-hmm. between to get patient perspective. But I also, you know, I love to ask this question just because I want to hear like what your first response feels like, but like what your epilepsy journey, when it started and what it looked like. And then we'll get to like where you are right now and why you created Living Well, because I'm I'm just dying to talk more about that too. So um, I did have fever seizures as a baby, uh, may have had them as a toddler, I don't really know. Um, but my first real seizure happened, I, my first major seizure. Sure. I shouldn't say real. I My know. First well, we do that seizure. to it. Yeah. I know. Yeah. We do that to ourselves. I remember yeah. I was talking to you one time. I was like, well, I didn't have a seizure. And you're like, that was a seizure. And I'm like, yeah. but I'm so I small. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I I have to like remind myself. Yes, yeah. we all do. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had a tonoclonic seizure when I was, it was the summer between seventh and eighth grade. So I was probably about 12. I was going through puberty Um, I was meant to go on vacation with my best friend Amy's family. Um, I'm the oldest of three in a pretty big Irish Catholic family. So to be like, have the opportunity to escape, go away with somebody else's family was like pure heaven. Especially at that age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I don't think it was a fancy vacation. I think we were going to like some cabin in New Hampshire. I didn't even care. Yeah. Get out of town. I was like, whatever. (laughs) Um, and I was so excited to go and had a like real heavy duty seizure in the hallway Mm. in my purple summer bathrobe. Like the irony of it being purple is just, I know. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I never really (laughs) thought about that. Um, you know, and my dad thought I was going to swallow my tongue. I had braces, like like heavy hardware in my mouth and he stuck his fingers in my mouth got his hands all torn up but it took like a couple of years to find a combo of meds that worked Mm -hmm. I remember times in high school where I was like toxic on meds and holding on to walls and so on um I did eventually find a combo of meds that worked and like 
Um, I did not get to go on vacation with Amy. Um, <laughs> um, Fuck epilepsy, man. I know. But I, I did uh, manage to get my seizures under control enough to go to college. And I got into my first choice school. And then um, much to my parents' chagrin, I, I got in and uh, they were like, oh, that's a problem. Um, so why? Uh, because it was three states away and it was really expensive. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we had a little knock them down, drag them out. To, <laughs> and I, I won that one and nice. I went to Fordham. Um, and then when it was time to graduate, people said, uh, what do you want to do when you graduate? And I said, live in New York. And they were like, no, 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 like for career. And I was like, mm-hmm. Live in New York. Live in New York. Yeah. I just want to stay here. I don't want to yeah. go home. I want to just stay. They were like, no, but like for work. Yeah. No. I will make a living. I don't care. Out of living here. Yeah. I just want to do it. Yeah. So I stayed. Nice. Um, yeah. Eventually I got married, had a child, and um, discovered that epilepsy is a little bit more complicated than just seizures. Um, Isn't that weird how it even takes like people with epilepsy to learn that? Yeah. Because we're not like told that in the beginning. Well, are we ever told that? No. Oh my God. Not, not unless it's by each other. I mean, yeah, I've had, I mean, I've seen what I know to be the leading specialists. Like, mm -hmm. and I, I know that as a fact. Yeah. Um, and I've had to force the issue. Wow. Wow. About, like my mom had borderline early onset Alzheimer's and I've had to say, am I at risk for this? Mm. Um, I've had to say like, you know, is my child at risk for this? Mm. You know, yeah. am I at risk for osteoporosis? Am I, at, you know, I've had to ask these questions. Right. Rather than be presented with the information. Right. And I mean, that's my like daughter exists because there was, a conflict between my birth control and my anticonvulsants. I was on birth control <laughs> and on anticonvulsants. Like, my father uh, was like, don't you know about birth control? <laughs> I'm not 13 and it was a numbers game, but right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's something that there is sometimes that convergence, like you said, between yeah. anti-seizure meds and birth control. Yeah. Um, and it's just one another tricky thing that we're not always told. I wasn't mm. for sure. Yeah. Not by my neurologist or by my GYN. Mm. I wow. mean, granted it was the nineties, but yeah, we're not, it, it was 2000 for my yeah. daughter. So, okay. So when in this journey, did you decide like what first inspired you to create living well with epilepsy? Because I know it is such a touchstone for so many people because one people who can submit their stories and mm -hmm. share their stories and that can be very healing for the individual, right? Yeah. To share it and then sometimes people like will share it and not tell anyone, sometimes they'll send it to their families, yeah. you know? And like, I know when I did it, I remember like first time I, I wrote on Living Well, I was so proud for sharing yeah. part of my story. And then yeah. like I sent it to like a, just a few people to be like, hey, you know, like here's a little thing if you want to read it, but you don't have to. Yeah. And, um, and you know, and then you hear from people who read the stories and don't share, and and yeah. they're like, "Oh my God, I I feel seen, I feel yeah. heard." Like, 
is this what you pictured for it? Why did, no. why did you start it? What, tell me all about it because it's just such a beautiful piece and community for us out there that you've created. First of all, I have to ask, have we not talked about this? No. <gasps> really? Mm -hmm. Oh. Or we might you, have, but my memory is so bad you might from <laughs> anti-seizure meds <laughs> that I might have forgotten. <laughs> Maybe. So. Um, which, fact, hashtag facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know that we had Carolyn um, because- Your daughter, Carolyn. My daughter, yeah. Carolyn. Um, you know, my husband and I had been living together for- five years or so we had known each other since um the freshman year mixer in college like so it was a foregone con like we were going to be together forever like yeah. that was never a question um and the fact that you know we had this pink and perfect gorgeous little person in our lives was amazing mm -hmm. um and my husband and i like if we could have had three thousand little people we would have um my body can't handle that, but, and I'm not sure my patients can either, but like, we just <laughs> love kids. Carolyn was about three and we had moved to New Jersey and we planned for him to have a vasectomy and in May and just before his vasectomy, we found out I was pregnant again. We were like, all right, okay. Mm -hmm. um, so we went forward with a maternal fetal metal medicine specialist and um, talked about a name and got a present for Carolyn. I massive, my mom and I found this massive dollhouse that when, you know, we found out the sex of the baby, we were gonna give that to Carolyn. Like this was gonna be like yeah. a person in our family. And we found out the baby had, um, had hydrocephalus, um, severe hydrocephalus caused by spina bifida that was not discovered at 12 weeks. Um, it was discovered closer to like 18 weeks because she only had 80%, she had 80% fluid on her inner skull and 20% cortex, mm -hmm. brain cortex. Everything else had been pulled down. Oh. Um, it, she, Kathleen was not going to live. Yeah. Um, it was not a viable pregnancy. Our baby was not going to live. Mm. Um, so that's, I'm so sorry. That's just so, so we made the decision to terminate, but even by the time we had got to the date we had to terminate, she was failing. Mm. Like, so the decision was made for yeah. us in reality. Yeah. Um, in order to process that, I, started writing letters to her. And then I wrote a picture book about a little girl with epilepsy. And then I tried to learn the literary, you know, process and industry. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe, it, you know, and that sort of taught me like, this is impacting my body more. So I don't want to make any assumptions, right? but they, the, the docs at Children's Hospital said it could have been your epilepsy, it could have been your medication, question mark. Sure. And still a question mark to this day. Yeah. Um, but at that point I was like, I feel like I've learned so much 
in my journey, just how to navigate the health system. You know, I took six, I had six months off after that, uh, six months off. I lost my job because I was like crying at work. Oh, I God. mean, it was like disaster, right? Yeah, well, but like, how, that makes sense. It does, it does. You know? But like, I, that six months I used to start writing, I used to spend time with my toddler, go for four mile walks. Like I, I used that time real wisely. And- um, Sounds very healing. It was very healing. Um, and when I went back to work, I went back to work at, at Wharton in their um, fundraising department. And then a couple of years later, I was like, I, th I think I wanna do something. Like I wanna, I wanna write something, but I don't, I don't, I don't have the bandwidth to write a book. WordPress and Twitter had come out. Um, so I was like, well, I'll write a blog. And I started this blog and it was just like literally a one page blogger blog. And people from all over the world started reaching out to me and asking, I'd like to share my story. And there was literally nothing else. Like the foundation hadn't acquired epilepsy.com. There was no walk. It was like, literally back in the day. Yeah, like <laughs> you were talking about it and no one else was. No. Yeah. So I was like, okay, give me a second. Let me crack open the back and teach myself how to code so I can put a navigation together. No big deal. I'm just gonna teach myself <laughs> how to code. teach myself how to code. <laughs> it's like, that's faster than writing a book. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> so I did. That's um, so amazing. Fast forward to like, that was maybe 2008, 9, 10, around there. Sure, yeah. Um, and then between that time and 2015, I, I started to learn more about like countries, whole countries in the world that didn't have access to a neurologist. And I was like, we need to do something in global health. And I hit wall after wall after wall after wall. And finally, I was working with an app developer at the time. They were like, why don't you just do something for yourself, for your own website? And I'm like, I was so frustrated. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like, damn it, I'm gonna. <laughs> so I started the epilepsy blog relay and it was based on something the United Nations Foundation did for to raise awareness for vaccines. And I was like, I have all these people submitting their stories. I'm gonna ask if they'll each take a day in one month. Within like 10 hours, I had half the slots filled. Within 24 hours, I had all month slots filled. And then at the end of the month, everybody did what they said they were gonna do, which as a marketer, I was like, <laughs> And then I had communications <laughs> companies calling me because pharmaceutical companies couldn't, their regulatory people wouldn't allow them to do anything on social media. So it had to be at arm's length. Mm -hmm. So they were like, we'd love to participate in your blog relay. I'm like, that's great. I'll get back to you with my prospectus. Uh -huh. And I was like, I don't have a prospectus. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. And I had just finished creating one for the scientific society I was working for. I was uh -huh. like, I'm just gonna create it like that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. 
I mean, so that's how I you monetized. You had like kind of a template. And you're so like, that's how I monetized the site. <laughs> I was like, I'll do it three times, three, three times a year. <laughs> yeah. And I started doing it. It's always come out of like, yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's never, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of sliding through this life on a cafeteria tray. <laughs> Oh my God, I've never heard that before. I've never said that to you before. <laughs> Again, maybe you have. And I don't know. I might have I feel like it. somebody said that to me once, like in a derogatory way. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of am. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, I will take that and I will own that. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. <laughs> I mean, did you ever imagine like your personal blog and then like adding other people to it mm -hmm. would turn into, because like it reaches like, hundreds of thousands of people. I know. Um, no, I thought it was just going to be like the, my first articles were how to find a good neurologist, just steps, how to, how, and the next one was how to fire your neurologist. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Things to ask in your neurologist appointment. They all still apply. Yeah. Yes. That's, yeah. They all still apply. Mm -hmm. I still feel like I need to guide people through how to fire your neurologist yeah. and that it's okay. Well, absolutely. That's not, you know, it's just not an easy thing to do because I think we generally look at our doctors, especially neurologists as the ones who know better and the ones who are doing their job. And it's not that they're not, but some aren't sometimes it's not a good fit yeah and that's go. okay yeah it's like a therapist sometimes they yes. nothing wrong with that person nothing wrong with you it's just doesn't match right mm -hmm. and it doesn't it doesn't matter how much alphabet soup they have at the end of their name <laughs> I love that. Yeah. if they're not a good fit for you if your objectives don't align it's never going to be a good fit mm -hmm. find somebody else yep that's okay mm-hmm you're paying them. Yes. It's your time. They work for you. They work for you, whether mm -hmm. or not they want to admit that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because I think but that. But when you go in there, they drive the appointment. Yes. It's a, it's a hard balance. Yes. Yeah. Because it's, and it's kind of expected too. It's like, you know hopefully like they're asking the questions first mm -hmm. figure out where you're at right yeah but then i always say how i like to ask the questions at the end that i have written yes. out on a yeah. notebook because otherwise i will forget them yeah and i won't write them on my phone because i'm afraid to appear i don't know like you know when someone's looking at their phone sometimes it can be like rude or something mm, yeah. and then i also it's easier for me to write it down yeah. so like then type it out yeah. but that's my own like little everybody has thing. their thing i think that's still solid advice and like how to how to find a neurologist and how to fire one. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mean, uh, and that was 2009. Oh my god. See, you're kind of like the OG of epilepsy <laughs> advocacy. You know that, right? I did have somebody, a guy in California that I'm still kind of in touch with every so often, and he's like, "Nobody else is doing this. You're doing." <laughs> like there's got to be somebody else. <laughs> I kind of feel that way about the coaching that I've started, that there's like there like there's five maybe five other people doing it in the world. And I'm yeah. like, this exists in diabetes. 
It exists in cardiac care. It exists in oncology. Like, why doesn't it? And that was, I'm so glad you brought that up because what, because you, this coaching thing is something new that you've started. Your yeah, epilepsy I, coaching. I, I tested it out this past year. Yeah. Actually, I tested it out the year before just kind of haphazardly, but I really rolled it out this past year. And what, what does that rollout look like? What does the epilepsy coaching process look like for someone who might be like, uh, um, I want some. So if somebody is interested in it, so let me back up. Yeah. Um, the reason I started it is has to do with something that you and I have in common. And that is the, so I, in 2021, I was diagnosed with ovarian stage three ovarian cancer. I said to Ted, my husband, if, if it's stage four, I'll figure out how to sell living well. And when it came back as stage three C, I was like, nope, not selling. <laughs> I was like, but I love your chinny chin chin. I love your entrepreneur mind. Like, nope, not doing you know, it. like uh, based on the stage, I will determine my next business step. Of like, course, of, yeah. yeah, no, but the, I, yeah, of course, to you and I, because you and I <laughs> run our own businesses. But that's just not like I don't know how. Uh, wow, I got real excited. I moved the chair. Um, I don't know how like you know normal of a thought I process that is. I but, don't know either. Yeah, I mean made sense to me yeah yeah i'm with you <laughs> okay so anyway so anyway so you um, yes and i and remember when this happened this was just such a you had been through so much already and it was like yeah. life was like let me give you more i know yeah so around that time like we had we had my sisters and i had placed sold my parents house put my mom in a memory care unit moved my parents both into a, a senior living facility like and then um january of 2022 i had just started chemo my dad passed away from uh covid pneumonia hmm. february of 22 my mom passed away um i continued with chemo like it was it was <sighs> a lot um that is a lot for a heart to handle it was a lot months, yeah um I thank God every day for my cousins and my sisters um, would not have gotten through it without them. Um, and I, of course, like it goes without saying, my husband and daughter, like, yeah, I, there's no words, right? Um, chemo was a lot. Um, that kind of intense chemo is like really, really hard on your body. Um, I friend like our local support system was amazing um and i i got through it my numbers came way way down didn't get to like no evidence of disease but like got pretty pretty close and so i was like of course i'm always like on to the next so mm -hmm. <laughs> i was like i was getting close to or i had had a clean cat scan i don't know um sometimes there's too many tests to remember uh, yeah, yeah but i was like all right so I need to look at coaching so that I can figure out how I need to be like when I'm done with this chemo. Mm -hmm. um, and I found this woman that had stage three C ovarian cancer and was doing coaching. Mm. Um, and I was like, I need somebody who gets this. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I worked with her for a bit and I was like, 
she's like speaking my language like and she understands and she had tools in place and um, it is amazing when someone has that lived experience the lived experience was really important mm -hmm. um i learned a lot from her but what i really took from it was so many things from that experience the like people somebody sent me an anonymous package before I started chemo and it had like everything that you would need in your chemo bag. Mm. And I remember opening it and being like, why don't we do this when somebody's diagnosed with epilepsy? Mm -hmm. My brother-in-law like sent an army of people to do a fall cleanup for four hours. We didn't even know, like I'm talking 25 people. Oh my gosh. We didn't even know half of them. Wow. They like laid a, like, they bought a cord of wood. They gave us a fire pit. They laid like a little concrete thing for our garbage cans. Like. Wow. I, I was like. Yeah, seriously. I know. I'm trying to like keep I'm it together. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because I was diagnosed with cancer. Which so grateful yeah and and <laughs> it made me think it the whole experience was so clarifying for me how so it made me wonder not just about epilepsy but like why why aren't we doing this for neurologic diseases you know right um like why why do we hide this stuff mm -hmm. it is it is odd how we hide the chronic illnesses yeah and not the acute ones because, and so when i was yeah. when i was when i had a um reoccurrence my brother-in-law said you know can we what do you want us to do? Can we come back? Mm, yeah. And I was like, no, because I don't know how often. And again, it like really like made me think this whole cancer journey has really clarified for me how we as a society approach chronic versus acute mm -hmm. illness and cancer versus any other illness. Yeah. I mean, the, at least it's not cancer phrase, <laughs> like get said for everything, right? Yeah. Like, and I remember you and I, and then like, then it is cancer. And then it's like, okay, got to jump on it. Got to right. do something, but not until we hit that big C, you know? Although like, and I and remember- that's not to diminish cancer because no. you and I both are living with right. that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember like us, you, you brought this to my attention when you were going through this because- I had never thought about it before because I, like you, when I was diagnosed with my second brain tumor, I got a lot of support. I got yeah. so many presents. It was amazing. I have yeah. great pajamas right now because yeah. of that second brain tumor. Me I am too. I am so grateful. So for many blankets. Yeah. Oh, all the blankets. 
I'm not giving them back. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hell no. My yeah. Those blankets got names. Yeah. They are my friends. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I and I was just so over, overwhelmed, like you described, yeah. like by yeah. the support. Yeah. And then like a few months later when I'm going through radiation and I start having epileptic seizures, um, I and I was getting a lot of support while I was going through radiation, mm. you know, and it just didn't, it never occurred to me, like really wonderful support. Like people were bringing me meals. Yeah, like, yeah, same here. I mean, it, you know, and the meal really, train was like, the meal train oh, is yes. the thing. I, there, I had a coworker at the time who was like this amazing chef. And so my cousin would come over the Wednesdays that he was bringing food. <laughs> <laughs> and That's I'm like, awesome. Akili, thank you so much. Like, <laughs> like, and I can't even remember what the food was because yeah, yeah. who knows, but like, like I was like Beth, my cousin I was like, you got to come over on Wednesday at the Kiwi again. She's like, I'll be there, you know. Yeah. Um, and but that's like a double bonus. You get a meal and you get the social interaction. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah absolutely. Because I was living alone then. Yeah, and and she, and my credit to my cousin Beth, she would come over at least once a week yeah. and make it seem like it was just to hang out with me. Yeah, which it was. We had a lot of fun and laugh, but yeah, yeah. I had no idea she was like checking in on me. Yeah. You know, and she was like taking care of me and she just made me feel like it was just like, oh, we're just going to keep hanging out like we always do, you know, and even though I was like, you know, half comatose. But um, (laughs) yeah, I just never really thought about it until you brought it up. And I was like, that's right. Like and then with like the seizures that, you know, when I have them, it's just sometimes it's just interesting how sometimes it just still gets brushed under the at least it's not cancer rug. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, oh. I do with this now with this knowledge like I know I know I'm sorry (laughs) no I I appreciate how you were like okay I've noticed this so now what and your now what seemed to be like I'm gonna create epilepsy coaching it was but I feel like there's more yeah um I I started the coaching um and and so years ago um, because of a medication side effect, I went through, um, a dialectical behavioral therapy program. And I'll, when I put the ask out on social media, I've found that a lot of people don't know what DBT is. No, I think, uh, like two episodes ago, Tori Robinson of Epilepsy Sparks had mm-hmm. to explain it to me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's skill-based therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I loved about it was I felt like it put language to all the stuff. It put language and skills to all the stuff that I had floating around in my head, which said to me, not only am I not crazy, there's a whole science behind this. And that means that there's people out there thinking about this and studying it. So I can't be the only one. Mm-hmm. I found it hugely, hugely validating. Well, and I'm hearing like two things out of that. One, it's like taking the, it's like all of a sudden when your emotions get kind of like, there's like emotional and rational. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden they go into this like rational section and which is like, very calming mm-hmm. when like you take emotions out and put it like with science. There's language to that. Language. It's called wise mind. Oh. 
Exactly. Look at you educating. No, there, this is not me. There's, there's science behind this. Oh, I know, I know, but yeah. you're educating me right now. Yeah, <laughs> but like you had that just naturally. Oh, no, I, that was, that's from therapy. <laughs> <laughs> that's my neuropsych. <laughs> she taught yeah. me how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so it's like just separating the emotional and the rational and then like kind of categorizing it. Yep. So I did not even know I have, I was going through DBT therapy until this but very like, moment. She's probably just infusing it. Like yeah. it's probably DBT informed. Yes. I can't wait to ask her next time I talk to her. <laughs> She'll be like, yeah. Um, and then the other thing too that you said was like, and that you're not alone. You're not the only one thinking about this. Right. You're not the, like those two things when you, Take, take the emotion out and put it into rational. And then when you realize you're not alone, both huge. those things are so powerful. Huge. Like. They were huge for me. Yeah. I got that out of the, the coaching with the person with the same diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And then like to have a little bit of the like rational and not alone. And then to also like hear your own language back at you. We need this. Yeah. So I was like, well, it doesn't exist. So, okay. I mean, it was sort of like the, the epilepsy blog relay. Like, yeah. <laughs> Had the same moment. So yeah. I just started it. Mm -hmm. um, so what I put out to people is, you know, start with a discovery call with me. Sometimes it's a fit. I mean, it's like anything else. Sometimes it's a fit. Sometimes it's not. Mm -hmm. um, I have a couple of clients that, you know, have recently re-upped. So, okay. So what does it look like then when someone is working with you and not, you know, and when you're like, oh, yes. Like, what would that person look like? It, it's a variety of things. Um, so one person I off the top of my head has like, he was out of his seizures acted up. He was out of work. Um, so we worked on his resume and a cover letter. Um, and he got a job like, yeah. you know, awesome. that was a sticking point for him. Mm -hmm. Um, and he needed to get a job in a certain time period so that he could get his benefits back. Yeah. That was really important. So we did that in three months. Wow. Like in this economy. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, just keep applying. And he was like, I don't want to keep applying. I'm like, just keep applying for job. <laughs> um, he was like, but my cover letters. I'm like, okay, so we're going to work on your cover letter next. Um, and there's another woman that like, she was diagnosed later in life and, um, that was really hard. Like she was very, she's struggling with the fact that like her memory has been affected on the meds. And um, so for her, it's more about acceptance. Um, so it's different yeah. for each person. Yeah, which makes sense just because mm -hmm. epilepsy, yeah. the epilepsies are so very different. Yeah. Um, so if a person <clears throat> listening right now mm -hmm. is like, uh, sign me up, I want to do it. How do they get in touch with you? On my stand store or on my website you can just so living well with epilepsy living well with epilepsy or even on my instagram okay which is living well with epilepsy just go click on the link and book a discovery call it's free it's a half an hour yeah i feel like i have discovery calls with you all the time <laughs> 
You do. You're my bud. But it's basically just like, what's a struggle for you? Or does the conversation flow? Is it, you know, yeah. am I going to be of benefit to you? Yeah. How often do we need to meet? Like, mm -hmm. do you have a high need and you want to meet once a week? Do you have goals that we need to meet in a couple of months and we only meet need to meet twice a month? Like, sure. yeah. yeah, just tailored. It's like a yeah, tailored. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. And I love that just because like you said, you recognized that this wasn't really happening in our world, mm -mm. in that epilepsy sphere. And um, you did have experience with it with acute yeah because it's yeah a cutie yeah i also put an ask out recently on uh social media because i feel like getting on a call isn't going to work like not everybody wants to be so public about that mm. and so i i said you know i'm working on kind of a workbook like a book and an online course which do you guys want first? Mm. And like a huge percentage of people said they wanted the online course. Okay. So I put up the wait list and we'll see. People yeah. can, anybody on the wait list is going to get like 50% off. So is everyone listening? <laughs> get your ass on the wait list. So we'll see. I yeah. yeah. Well, this and is what I love. just have the like the same stuff in it. Yeah. It's just. Not everybody learns the same way. Right. Right. Exactly. Some people don't want to talk it through yeah. with another person. Yeah. I mean, epilepsy is so stigmatized and not everybody's ready to talk about it. And, and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And some people just want to be quiet in their house and not talk to a person. <laughs> yeah. I get that. Yeah. yeah. You and I get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just love how you just continue to innovate though. You continue to innovate this sphere of the epilepsy community and continue to create new avenues based on what your experience, not only your, your lived experience, but also like the vast knowledge, you know, you have surrounding epilepsy, surrounding current epilepsy research surround, you know, the work you do with Ascent, just like you have your, I want, I don't want to say like, oh, your toes are in the pool. Cause it's like your whole body's you're, you're just like in the thing. And it's like, it doesn't feel like innovation though. I'm just repurposing what's being done in other spaces. Art's just recreating something else. I know, yeah, you know? yes, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I appreciate it. I think you're innovative. Okay. Well, yeah. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, great. Um, so what, do you have any other next plans that we should be on the lookout for? No, like, that's going to keep me busy. Yeah, for a while. I, I was yeah. going to say, I'm like, mm -hmm. um, Except for the book we need to write. We do. Mm -hmm. So should we share? Yeah. All right. Um, so I have an epilepsy experience and a cancer experience. And you have an epilepsy and a cancer experience. Will you share kind of what you're, <laughs> you alluded to it a little bit. Yeah. So I, um, I was diagnosed with my first brain tumor when I was 20. It's, I still have it. It's a pituitary tumor. I'll have it probably forever. And when I got it, I was like, this is the Prada of brain tumors, guys. Like, <laughs> this is the Cadillac, you know, because 99.99 cancer, you know, you can live with it. It did 
fuck with my hormones. Um, I found out about it because I was lactating at a party in college. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I might have been a little drunk and was like, call me Lactate Landis and like went around. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was fucking hilarious. So, um, and then, and that was the whole like, at least it's not cancer experience for me. Yeah. Um, and then uh, fast forward 15 years, not even 15 years, 12 years later, and I was diagnosed with my second brain tumor. And um, before going into surgery, they're like, we need to remove this guy, you know, but, but it's stage one before I went into surgery, it's stage one. And so I got the whole, at least it's not cancer from everyone over again. And this, that was the first time where I was like, this is not an okay phrase. Like I'm having brain surgery, right? I am grateful. It is not cancer. <laughs> Stage one is cancer. But, I'm sorry. Well, well, then I the biopsy came back and it was stage two, <laughs> which my then I've gotten conflicting reports. And this is where it really fucks with your brain. And I just couldn't handle it. But like some doctors saying it is cancer. Some doctors saying it's not. It was a very rare type of brain tumor that like point zero one percent of brain tumors you know i was like You're i'm special rare. yeah and i was like i'm so special i get like all the You're crazy zebra. Ones. yeah i'm a zebra <laughs> but like it required radiation you mm -hmm. know so like but i was still getting the at least it's not cancer from everyone and that's when i kind of was like fuck this phrase like i can't take one more person telling me while i'm <laughs> going to have my brain i think our title removed. should be at least it's not cancer oh fuck it is <laughs> Oh, yeah, it is. yeah, and so I think, and then the epilepsy came most likely as a result of the brain surgery. Yeah, um, but and there's just I think through those lived experiences that we both share, which are similar and different, obviously. Yeah. But like, I think there's a lot of people like us out there who also like to couch it in humor and laugh a little bit mm, about yeah. it. Yeah. You know, because how else the fuck do you handle this shit? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I named my tumors, so. <laughs> my daughter was asking me the other night, she's like, okay, so I don't mean to be rude, but like, they they took out your bits. What happened? Did, did all the other stuff like fill in? I was like, I don't know, question. It was real late at night. <laughs> I was like, she's like, could it all fall out? <laughs> I was like, I suppose it could, but like, it's probably I'll not compose likely. a my chart tomorrow and I have <laughs> I'm like, oh. I'm really hoping I don't have prolapse, but she's like, oh my God, is that what it'd be called? <laughs> <laughs> There's a name for it? <laughs> oh, that's good. I like it. Could, maybe that's the other title. Could it all fall out? <laughs> <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> it's valid. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think we have something here, and I think we I, I do. And I you do and I too. have talked about this. You know, I'm also working on my brain tumor's boyfriend book <laughs> for the past like four years. You know, one day that'll come around oh too. But um, yeah, I think I just just after doing, you know, I'm I feel like I've kind of mirrored a little bit of your work in that like asking people to share their stories yeah you know in it's a different platform so important well it's really kind of just following in the footsteps of you know 
what you're doing and then just like he, like be just in order to create this yeah community yeah one thing that that i have found through all of this um so in being in this space and i know that other advocates have participated in this way i've been invited to be quite literally at the table um in kind of scientific discussions that at one point I was involved in an Institute Without Walls kind of thing, an NIH project. Um, conversation kind of went a little sideways where like, you know, should we talk about epilepsy in the forums? Is it bad to talk about epilepsy? And I'm like, the study is about epilepsy. We have to say epilepsy. <laughs> and I'm thinking this to myself. Yeah, right. I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> we have to say epilepsy. And then all of a sudden I realized, oh, I'm the patient at the table. Like, this is why I'm here. Mm. I have to say something. Because mm -hmm. I was looking around going, somebody has to say something. And then you're like, and I was like oh, oh, shit, it's me. I'm the guy. <laughs> yeah. I have to say something. Yeah. And so I said something. Mm -hmm. Um. It's important. Participate. Yeah. Yeah. In the ways you can. In the ways you can. And in the ways that work for you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. We're going to close this conversation with that. Yeah. But I've got four questions for you. Oh, good. That goodness. are unrelated. Ooh. My four fun questions. As a former teacher, I like to say that. <laughs> okay. Um, what is your favorite book? I think probably A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. I've never read it. What is it? Um, it's like a 1940s okay. story. Love it. Yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah. Okay. It was like required reading. <laughs> Isn't it fun but when I, the required reading actually turns out to be good? I read it again as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. That's worth it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I love it. It, it was her only novel. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. That's even more intriguing. Yeah. It's good. It. Okay. Number two, what is your guilty pleasure TV show? Or movie? <laughs> movie? Um, the Other Woman. Uh, it has Cameron Diaz, Leslie yes! Mann, oh. and I can never remember the other one. Um, yeah. Much. Yes. Yes. Yeah, well, we're... Yeah, 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 we yeah. don't know the names of celebrities. Gonna, no, yeah. it's a great movie. So funny. Oh my God, it is so funny. <laughs> so, I need to watch that again. It's it makes been so me long. Laugh just thinking yeah. about it. <laughs> but that's my go to. Like, nice. if I, Carolyn and I, if, if we need a laugh, she, she's now to the point where she's like, I can't watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch it with you from afar. We can yeah, FaceTime yeah. and yeah. watch it. Yeah. Um, number three, what does it mean to you to be a friend? Showing up. Yeah. And that's it. That's what it means. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And last question, number four. What is one self-care practice that you do that you absolutely love? Um, I started gardening a couple of years ago. 
But I've, over the past few years, I've put a lot of self-care in place. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of years ago, I started some real, like, positive self-talk. Um, and I had to start with something as basic as I'm worthy. Um, it's evolved. I, I do a lot of like basic, basic gratitude. Mm -hmm. Like when I get really frustrated, I'm like, I'm grateful for the clothes on my back. I'm grateful for the, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, totally. Yeah. So that Isn't, kind of stuff. Yeah. That gratitude one was like, um, I couldn't believe how much it works. It does. Yeah. A real like. Mm -hmm. outside my window of tolerance that's yeah. another dbt like if you're really like any hyper arousal is so your window of tolerance is like here mm -hmm. and if you're any any stimuli will just make you go off the rails or hypo arousal is i just can't get out of bed today mm -hmm. um but if you're in your window of tolerance stimuli is like okay i can handle that um but when I'm up here, gratitude will really kind of bring yeah. me down into my window of tolerance. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, it won't necessarily bring me up, but it will bring me down. <laughs> Sometimes it will, but yeah. gardening will bring me up. Okay. Well, that's so cool to know which ones, yeah. like when you need them. Again, like kind yeah. of bringing the logic rationality yeah. into emotions. It didn't happen overnight. It's taken me years. So yeah, well. I'm a lot older than you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First of all, our spirits are the same age. It's true. <laughs> Second of all, you're, you're not. That's good for me. I don't know about you. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so much fun. It's so much fun to talk not over FaceTime. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> but thank you so much for doing this, Jess. You are the fucking best. Like I said, the, the fucking OG. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And I really appreciate you coming into Chicago and having this convo with me. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is so much fun. Yeah, I know.